are now listening to the Whip Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris. Welcome back to the Whip Cream Podcast. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I've been receiving so much good feedback. So many amazing messages from you guys about how much you're liking this season and we've just started. So I really, really appreciate it. Please don't forget to review this podcast and subscribe. Today's guest is Alyssa Bertram, who is the CEO and founder of Easy Period, which is an online subscription service that delivers organic tampons and pads to your house every few months. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, we're going to jump right back into it. I have Alyssa Bertram today from Easy Period. Thank you for coming. Oh, hey. <laughs> have you ever done a podcast before? I have. Really? Yes. Which one? So I've done one called Blue Suit Thursday, which is these two girls from Toronto. Okay. And I just did one this weekend. A guy from Oh really? New York New York, yeah. He talks to entrepreneurs. It's called Map It Out. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what's your astrology sign? Leo. Oh. How old are you? Twenty seven. Cool. Okay, so um tell people I didn't wanna like you tell people a little bit about what you do and how you started maybe. Yeah. So I run a subscription delivery service for organic cotton tampons and pads. So we deliver menstrual hygiene products to people's doors and then donate on their behalf to delivering pads to girls in Kenya. Amazing. And how I got started, I guess, is kind of random. I studied psychology, I went into research, and then there was this idea that I wished existed. I wished I didn't have to run out of tampons and I wished somebody would bring them to me and I would kind of bitch and moan about it and my dad was like, if you don't just do it, somebody else is going to do it and you're going to see the idea and be mad that you didn't do it, so make it happen. And in the summer of 2015, my mom got really sick, like seriously sick, in a coma and I'm her power of attorney, very scary time for us. Wow. And yeah, she had two organs failing and doctors were saying it's kind of touch and go like we're not sure what's going to happen here kind of make plans so she made it through that and she's healthy today but facing that I think was kind of me facing like my biggest fear and all of a sudden once that situation was done with and it's crazy to look back now I feel like I had no fear I was just like I know what I want I'm not happy with what I'm currently doing and I'm just going to make it happen. Like the things that little barriers internally that would have stopped me before were just. That's the thing. It's like about, I mean, death really it's, or facing it. It it's for it. I find that it's more for the people around the person rather than the person that's going through it. It's like, of course you, of course you want this person to come out of whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But it really is a real lesson for other people to like wake up. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Like, is that, I don't know if I'm even articulating it properly, but most of the time it's like, sometimes we need that kind of thing in our lives to happen, even though it's the worst situation ever. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's the one thing that'll make you go like, okay, I'm not going to be here forever. We walk around thinking that like, oh, tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And right? like, as you're coming to terms with that possibility, to me, it was like it was happening. I was I had to accept that that was a possibility. And then once you've accepted that, it's kind of like, okay, you just come to terms with it and you're just like, what's next? What do I need to do? 
It's interesting. Wow. Yeah. So when was that? How long that ago? was summer of 2015. Okay, and then how long after that did you start your company? So I started working on it. That was in August. She was in the coma, and she came out of it on my birthday, August 2nd. Wow. Like, she went in early July. And um, then I built the company. I started building the company in September. We launched the next June. Got it. So when I look back now at the things that I was doing, the plans that I was making in that September, it blows my mind like, I think you're just running on adrenaline yeah. or stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was just, I was working full time and I was doing it in the evenings. It's just bizarre to me that I was, I, I even had the mindset to do that because she was still in and out of hospital from September to December. It was a very stressful time, but I just had this like inner knowing that this is what I needed to do driving me. Wow. Wow. That's so crazy. What does your mom say about it now that you've started it? It's funny you say, like, it's kind of for the people around you. So when she was really sick, she's like, I don't know how you guys dealt with that. Like, how you could watch me be in a coma. I feel like she's sorry for putting us through that, which is so cute. But she loves it. She knows that I'm doing what I want to be doing, which is all she ever wants for me. She's the best. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's like a lot. Yeah. And like who, who it's like so interesting because it's like you don't really know why people start the things that they're doing and why they're doing like people ask me all the time like what made you like do this what made you and I'm like how long do you have like yeah. you know it's like you don't really know you see the finished product or mm-hmm. like the company or the brand or whatever it is and it's like you don't really know what's behind that yeah so it's, it's important to share that I think because it's like when you share that it, I think this com- becomes even more important to people for sure you know? yeah I needed that push so I was someone it's not like I was I knew what I wanted to do. I just needed an idea. Like I had the idea for years before that. I have emails from myself to myself from 2012 saying tampon delivery service. Like I had the idea and it was sitting with me, but I needed that push, like a big life event to make me actually do it. And I think for a long time I had friends around me who were in these creative industries, who had these lives that I envied. I wanted that. I wanted to live a creative life. I wanted to do things that felt really good to me and be around people that inspired me and not just kind of do what my education had kind of prescribed for me. Yeah. And well, it, everybody, it's like you're we're conditioned. I was ta- I talk about this a lot cuz I'm like a huge advi- uh, advocate of like quit your fucking job and just like do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's like thank God your mom came out of it and thank God that was the push you got, but like sometimes people don't get um, any kind of push it's like you really like why do we have to wait for this crazy event to happen to push us right yeah and it's like that's for everybody including me and I'm such a go-getter and there's still a lot of things that I'm just like yeah I'll do it later like mm-hmm. so many things right mm-hmm. um but yeah I'm just I, I think we're all like conditioned to think like okay get a job make sure you're secure like this is the way that life is supposed to be I mean mm-hmm. obviously that's changing way more now but um I don't know. I always get kind of like, that's what makes me sad. You know what I mean? It's like, we were not put here to just like work and then die. Definitely. And what I'm doing now feeds me so much more. Like even working full time, but knowing I have something like this after work or, you know, like the conversations that I'm having with people now feed me. And sometimes I look at other people around, like in the office that I used to work in, no disrespect to anybody, but 
I see people who they're coming to work every day and this is it for them. Yeah. They, they're not thinking about anything else beyond, despite the fact that they might have passions that come up in conversation, you can usually get there with somebody. But it's like, if you're not, it might not be your full-time thing, but if you're not actively pursuing something you're passionate about, I feel like something in you is just like slowly dying. 100%. Which is really sad. It is. It is. It's so, but I mean, yeah, that's another thing. It's like, I think a lot of people, um, and I'm going to be a little bit harsh because it's the truth. It's like a lot of people make excuses like, oh, well, I can't. And I'm like, I'm getting my two weeks vacation and I'm this. And, and cool. Like, keep your job. Mm-hmm. Do something exactly. on the side. Figure it out. Like, there's so every. I have like 10 jobs. Like, everybody can, you know, there's, if you want to do something, it's like, I think it's like time to like, get rid of the fear and yeah. however you like I, I'm terrified all the time to do half the things I do yeah I still do it yeah you know it's like and the more you do it the more you see that every time you do something that scares you it feels better and better and you're like okay I'm growing gives you confidence yeah for sure so this is what I want to ask you because I always you know I think what you're doing is really awesome um yeah. I just I never really th- I, until I came across your brand I never really thought about it like I never thought about like organic no organic I'm like totally into but I never thought about like a delivery service and like how it should be way more um I guess accessible Mm -hmm. um but what I want to know is like tell me the real deal like what what are some of the struggles you have to deal with how hard was it to start what like tell me like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah so I think starting out I took it really step by step I went in really green and really naive which I think was actually an asset to me so I didn't really know what I was getting into. So I started like with just building a website, finding a manufacturer, and I'm a bit like I'm a nerd. I like to research, so that part was easy for me. It was just a lot of like troubleshooting and reaching out to different people. So um, wait, sorry, sorry. This is the first was this when you say the first month, was that what you were doing? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, the first maybe 3 months. Okay, cool. Yeah, finding someone like to help back end stuff. Back end exactly. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, that's how I saw it playing out. I knew, like, the manufacturer was kind of first thing, but to ever have that touch base with other people, the website is, like, my voice and all of that. Um, Challenges were actually the manufacturer. So I wanted a direct link to the manufacturer. I didn't want to go through a distributor, which is what most health food stores do. So that was a fight. Like, I had to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations. I had to prove myself to this manufacturer. I'm a nobody at this point. Like, who am I? I'm just a girl from Canada. The manufacturer's Italian and then based in the States. Um, And basically, I had to bullshit. I had to kind of, like, feed them the vision. Like, what kind of conversation would you have? Like, I'm just like, I just want to give people, like, an insight because I totally know where you're going with this. I was on fire in my own mind (laughs) with the idea of it. So I had spoken to actually the charity that I was working with and they let me know I'm giving you the real like inside. no it's great they let me know that Bill and Melinda Gates had just donated a massive amount of money to their organization which excited me a lot like those are big names and uh Jessica Alba in the states was doing her thing with honest right yeah yeah yeah. and that's so she must be still kicking with that right oh hell yeah yeah she's doing great so I basically told this. <laughs> I love it. No, this is people need to hear this because yeah. I, yeah, I know. I get it. I just, I got on the phone and I just like 
with all that excitement after I just got off the phone hearing about Bill and Melinda Gates, I let him know about that deal and just basically told him I'm going to be the Jessica Alba of Canada. Like, you have to get on board now. I need a manufacturer. Are you in or are you out? He got excited, you could tell. And he's like, I don't see why there's any reason you should need to go through a distributor. I'd be happy to to work with you directly. This is the this is the manufacturer okay, of the product. It. So oh. so that's giving me a price advantage because huge, right? Cuz you're cutting out that yeah. middle man. Yeah. So yeah, that was exciting, but that was like a small hurdle that I could have stopped when I found the first distributor who would have sold it to me at a much higher price point. Um and there've just been a lot of things like that. I think it's kind of like coming up against a wall and it's like walls aren't there to keep you out they're there to show you like do you want to fight for it kind of thing that's the leo in you yeah <laughs> yeah definitely a fighter and like i'll be completely transparent like one thing we're working on right now is so right now our product itself is still in the manufacturer's packaging okay so we're working to get into our own branded packaging okay to become like an authentic brand from end to end got it and to innovate on packaging because right now and I'm sure you'd feel the same when I go into Shoppers Drug Mart or the health food store and look at menstrual hygiene products, tampons and pads, none of them speak to me the way that they look. Design-wise, I don't feel a connection to any of those brands. So I want to create something that's no. beautiful. Yeah, no, I just go to what... I'm sorry, I'm just picturing myself walking down the hall and picking... I just go to whatever I know is familiar. Yeah, whatever name you recognize. Right. But why can't it be beautiful? And like, I feel like it should be designed with whoever's going to use it in mind. So I'm excited about that. That's so awesome. I love it's so cool. That's exactly why I don't prepare any questions because I like I would have. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, sorry, I thought of a question as I, as we were talking. What was it? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, OK. So why was it important for you to do um, organic? Yeah, so starting out, originally it was not going to be organic. That was not the plan. I, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I didn't know organic was a thing. Wow. To be completely honest. Cool. I grew up using Tampax. That's what my mom used. That's what she showed me how to use. And um, that was what my initial research was, how to just source Tampax. And being the research healthcare nerd I am, I dove into the literature about tampons. I wanted to kind of become an expert in the area. So I was looking up the history of the tampon and academic journals about tampons and what are their ingredients. Can you tell me some of it? Because I'm so interested. So like, what's the history of the tampon? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Like, the way that it started out, sadly. So it started out very, as you might guess, like people being makeshift about it. Yeah. Um, but sadly, over the last hundred years, there's been hardly any innovation in the space okay so these big corporations caught on to the fact that women need this product they monopolized this industry what were women doing just back in the day just like just like like a cloth or something and then like washing it or throwing it out or whatever yeah like that was it i'm assuming is what i can think of in my head right yeah yeah okay yeah um it makes sense because it's not modern so i'm just i'm trying to like think about the timeline yeah um And I was just kind of sickened as I read these articles because what I started to learn was that, and much like toilet paper and other things, other products that we're used to, to have them be like crisp white, they would bleach them. Right. And um, they would use fibers other than cotton that were cheaper, like polyester or rayon. 
And over time, it started to come out that these products toxic. are toxic and harmful and known carcinogens. And then sometimes they put scents in them too. Am I wrong? Yes. Because I never buy, but they do that, right? Yeah, which is so bad for like you. Like we should. This is the fucking crazy thing about it. Is like we shouldn't even be wearing perfume. So you're putting a tampon inside your body, or even if it's a pad or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And there has fragrance in it, along with all of the other product. Like, nothing about it is good. Yeah, and, and like, your skin is one thing. Like, a super absorbent organ. Right. But this is, like, a super permeable membrane that's open. So, just imagine. It's like, direct access to yeah. your bloodstream. Um, and next to all your reproductive organs. So... And then wanna... I'm assuming, obviously, all these corporations that are starting it in those times is all men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, like, for example, one of the big changes that came along is, like, there's three key players in the industry. Um, One of them comes out with a super absorbent tampon, which people would think is great. People start dying of toxic shock syndrome. What is... Okay, so we all know toxic shock syndrome, but what is it really and why does it happen? Yeah. So, I mean, this is my understanding of it. Your absorbency needs to be matched with your flow. So if it's if the tampon right. is too absorbent for your flow, it's like you can't be putting in a super when you're on your last day of your period. Yes, is basically what you're saying. Right, because it starts to absorb things beyond blood, blood that it shouldn't be, and then if that's sitting there, it's like toxic levels of bodily stuff. Stuff that can make you very sick fuck okay got it so i hope i've done that justice but yeah so basically started reading this disturbing information and it was really interesting to me to see like the timeline of it and to think of tampons as like a corporate thing as a viable business and a ma- actually a massive industry a massive billion dollar industry massive I was starting everyone's going to yeah come clear to me. I was wow. like, okay, interesting. And there was a lot of women pushing for transparency because this is another interesting thing is tampons are listed as medical or as yeah, medical devices. So that means that legally these corporations don't have to list their ingredients because it's a medical device like a retainer or something else along those lines so you know what's in your t-shirt you don't know what's in your tampon that's so fucking dumb thank you so manufacturers like this that i work with have come along and said no we refuse we're going to use standards about the type of cotton that we're using you know no pesticides 100% 100% cotton, no polyester, so no rayon. So is cotton okay to go inside of us? Yeah, because okay. cotton, yeah, it's naturally occurring as long as it's grown in a natural way. Like, right. you try to eat organic, you should try to use products that are organic. So that's my spiel about organic. So then you did all this research and you were just like, there's no way I'm not doing organic at that point. And that's how you came up with this. Yeah, so I was at the time living in the annex. I was shopping at the health food store and started buying my tampons there because I try I try to be as health conscious as possible and I think most of us do and yeah at that point there's just no way and I it's funny because before I knew this information part of me was hesitant about 
sourcing a product like Tampax. I just didn't feel a connection to it, and I wondered if that was the right thing I would want to sell. Right. Um, and then once I dug deeper, I was like, no, it's not. Because you more got into it in terms of like the delivery and the and the like just convenience of it. Is that is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. And then it kind of morphed into this when you did more research. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. It kind of became about empowering women and letting them know, okay, wait a minute, you need to be thinking about what you're putting in you, and there's options. So like, there's the menstrual cup. There's organic options. Some people go really far and use like sea sponges and stuff. So there's reusable pads, there's options, which I I didn't know and I wanted other women to know. Yeah, I'm like, I've been so bad with it. I've just been like not, like every time I go and buy tampons, because it's like, I'm just, it's a horrible excuse, but I'm so busy and I'm like, this is here, it's easy and I'm just going to do it. Yeah, no, it's not a horrible excuse. But I'm like, I was just talking about it with like the girls after my yoga class or whatever the other day and every and one of my friends was like oh my god I've been using the diva cup like I'm in love with it and so like just so many different ways I'm like I gotta cut the crap and like I need to like get it together make a point of it yeah a hundred percent because it is so important just like everything else like mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's you know what it is for me it just like makes me so pissed off and sad because it's like the tampons and the makeup and all these things that we have to do as women yeah we don't have to but it's like most of us are mm-hmm. it's just like so damaging to our health yeah you know and yeah it just yeah. goes so deep you mm-hmm. know it's like not just a tampon really. yeah and but i think the crazy part is like when we were growing up we wouldn't have known that there was any other option no i never thought about it until i went to the health food store and i was like wait that's true i sh-. like i was like oh there's uh like organic tampons or whatever pads and i was like oh i never even occurred to me yeah same. It's just so like normal yeah because and you get brainwash like if for 20 years you've been using this one thing and that's all you see at shoppers shoppers doesn't have an organic brand then you don't think there's anything else so here's my question it's like how difficult for i have a couple because how difficult was it for you to um get people to be on board in terms of like consumers and um is there any, like, I don't know how this would work, but is there, like, any pushback from, like, bigger brands that see what you're doing now that are, like, like, do you find that, like, the bigger brands, like, I don't know who it is, like, Tampox or Tampax or whatever, starting to go in the organic direction? Or, like, what's that kind of, like, looking like right now? Yeah, so... Like, was it hard to get out there and, like, start getting it to people to buy your stuff? Well, okay, so for me... I mean, yeah, it's definitely... I think because there's, like, some education that needs to be done, it's not just, here's another option that's the same as the one you've been using it's a brand new thing and something people are like wait i even need that so yeah there's definitely some education that needs to take place and it's a process like we're just over a year old so that's still happening when you say we is it who do you have your when i say we i mean me me too (laughs) i'm like (laughs) we have a new guest on the podcast i'm like when i say we (laughs) it's just me (laughs) and all the other women in my head right but you're um, running your brand pretty much by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With the help of like some really great freelancers. Right. Right. Um, and some great volunteers. But yeah. So the way I launched the business was through a launch party, which was really important to me. People were like, don't waste your money on a launch party. But I was like, no, I need to bring people here in person and show them what I mean. I don't want to just talk about it. I don't just want to direct them to a website. I want them to feel it. I want them to be in the same room as me. And that was really important. And I think when I spoke about why I was starting this business and the fact that we're donating 5% of our profits to delivering pads to girls in Kenya, all of it, people understood right and they left that party understanding and they went and told their friends which is wicked huge 
and I think yeah like the fact that when our boxes come to the door someone feels compelled to take a photo of it and post it online and just the story of like a girl from Toronto it's her startup I can get my tampons from that girl from Toronto or from Tampax where I don't really know where that's coming from so it's slow I think to catch on but word of mouth for us is huge like if somebody uses something and it's just as good it performs just as well and they believe in the mission behind it and it's giving back to other people it kind of becomes a no-brainer and it's better for their health so what's the price point and how does it work when yeah you're ordering so the price point is pretty much comparable we we're updating our website right now to make it more clear for people but basically it's eight dollars a box about eight dollars a box so gotcha. at shoppers you're paying around that yes but this i think it's the same yeah about the same but you do pay for shipping right so do you get in a box is it like do you get like from light to like heavy or like how does that work yeah so you get to choose so we have regular tampons and super we have with applicator and non gotcha and then we That's have so cool liners and two sizes of pads and something in the works right now that i'm excited about um, I'm so proud of you. It's amazing. You. Yeah. So you like you started that. a fucking tampon company, dude. I know what's happening. <laughs> like, how cool is that? And then there's a fair trade chocolate bar inside. Oh, so cute. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And then in terms of your question about bigger brands, so I don't think I'm on their radar yet, which isn't a problem for me. Um, but in terms of them moving over to organic, that's something I have a board of advisors, just some trusted people I talk to about yeah. things. And that's something that's on our radar for sure. And there's mixed feelings. My original feeling was that as a corporation who's sold one product for so long, to come out with an organic alternative to that product really raises questions about the original product. Why do I need the organic Tampax? What's in the regular Tampax? Well, it overthrows the entire thing, right? Right? That's how I see it. As some, like, with my product, I would never, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't, like, I don't know how they could continue to sell their original Tampax. Maybe they'd go all organic. I don't know. But other people on my board believe, no, they're definitely going to hop on that market. There's no way they're not. They can't. It makes sense. But you know what? The market is big enough that there needs to be competition and i think something that's really interesting about our generation of consumers is we don't always want what's most visible sometimes we want what resonates with us more or what we feel is more ethical or more conscious what speaks to us more so that doesn't scare me i think healthy competition is good if they want to come out with an organic brand good I think that the woman who's looking to use my service and that resonates with my brand still will. And I think that the woman who wants to also give back to another woman through her purchase that she's doing monthly, it's a certain type of woman. And I don't don't feel threatened by Tampax. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel threatened by Tampax. That's going to be our new title. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) They're probably listening and they're like, watch out, girl. I mean, no, but I think what you're saying is exactly it. Because it's like there's always going to be, even if they did, 
even if it wasn't them, it would be someone else. Yeah. It's always, it's, it's like, I've, I've really had to like train my brain to understand that it's like everyone else can, and even if they are doing something that is ethical and they are organic, it's like, there's no one that's you though. So yeah. it's like, you're always gonna like, there's, it's almost like there really isn't a competition, yeah. you know, because it's like no one else has what you have because they're not you. Yeah. Like it's like it's it's the stupid corny Instagram quote, but it is really true. No, it's so true. And in the beginning, I used to be fearful like that and like the hiding your plate syndrome kind of thing. And right. That actually time, that actually can hinder you a lot. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. Like anything you share multiplies. Yeah. That's how I think of things. So and options are good like this is now an industry it's starting to bloom like women are like oh like let's give people options i can hop on this too and that's a good thing yeah like there being options for women in any in any part of her life is a good thing i would never be against that because i think like the through line of all of the women at least in this city that i know of doing things is we're pushing these feminist values of like inclusion and empowerment so if at the end of the day we turn around and say oh but don't actually do anything you don't do anything like i can do that but you don't do anything like that wouldn't make any sense right this is just bullshit right yeah we have to be happy when somebody else starts something up yeah you know like that's i think that's like the feminist well, attitude the whole point in action it. right yeah so, yeah 100 yeah. um fuck i had another question i wanted to ask you and it left my mind Oh, how do you manage? Um, I mean, this is a question I like to ask a lot of my guests because it's funny. What the answers are very similar most of the time. But how do you manage having this career? And you said you work full time as well, and having a life outside of that. Yeah. Because I don't manage it very well. Yeah. <laughs> so I think over the last few years, it's changed a lot. My social life has changed a lot. I think a few things, like crucial things, have changed. So I quit drinking like a year ago now um so that alone changed my social life like the things i want to go out and do are different than they used to be i'm more picky but i really like that i feel like i kind of can see months ahead like the certain events that i want to go do and then other than that i don't put guilt or shame on myself if i don't feel like going to do something i when i'm ready i go I show up feeling good, I'm refreshed. And then if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. I still am struggling with that cuz I'll I think it's like I was so much of like a partier. I'm yeah. so not anymore. Me too. I think it's like when you get it out of your system, you get it out. But everyone around me is yeah. And so I always feel guilty. I'm like, what is like I, I I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like I never want to go out. Like why why am I such a homebody like da 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 and I go through this thing in my head. Yeah. So it's like I find it like a little bit difficult cuz it's like yeah. so ingrained in our culture to like want to go out all the time and like get shit faced and like the whole thing, right? So Yeah. No, yeah, I definitely have those thoughts at times, but I just know myself and I know I'm better. I'll show up better if I take a few weeks off yeah. and then come back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I need to go to like I did it last this past weekend. If I need to go to two events in one weekend, I'll make it happen. Like if it's my people, like I'm going to be there. Like I'll be there to support you, but yeah, I need that rest and I am a homebody. Like that's it is what it is. Like yeah. and when I'm at home and I'm reading and I'm watching things that inspire me and I'm listening to things that inspire me, I come back recharged. Like at the end of the day, like not to get too preachy, but like I'm here to serve. Like I hope that 
something I can do or say or be is going to help somebody else. And I can't do that unless I'm coming at it full. Yeah. So. Um, where do you see yourself? I never asked this question, but just thought I just thought of it. <laughs> where do you see yourself in like the next like, I'm not going to say five because I feel like that's nuts, but like two years. It can be like professional or personal or. Like, a, like, give us a little Alyssa dream. <laughs> <laughs> In two years, I will be 29. I don't know. Right now, my main focus is definitely business. So I see myself thriving in that area. I see myself... Like, I look at the baby, the business as like a baby, like it was an infant. I took a year off. I focused directly on it. I'm back at work now. I'm helping it grow. And by then, right. I see it as kind of, you know, like a toddler, like it's coasting, it's on its way and getting to kind of put my hand in some other things. Um, yeah. Like, Is there a certain like number of sus- subscriptions you want to hit? Like, do you have like things like that in your mind? Because I'm so bad at that. I'm like, fuck, I should start thinking about that because it's it is good to kind of give you like a like a. I think I guess a goal mm-hmm. as like even if you don't reach it, but it's like you're striving towards it. So I find like I'm a, I, I'm good when I know something's like over there that I gotta hit. Do you yeah, know what I mean, no, for sure. I have yeah this this woman who's helping me with like business goals because yeah. I'm not the best about like this many subscribers. Like I have, I'm totally like the big picture, like the CEO thinker. Me like too. I want to have like this reach. I want to be able to affect a certain amount of people. I want to be able to hold this many events a year and and get content out in these ways. So like the analytics is something I need help with from like external Me people. Too. Did you get um, an investor when you started or did you really just like go from nothing? I went from nothing. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm bootstrapping right now. I um I've I've had a couple grants from the city and stuff like that that I've applied for. And then I also did like a small Indiegogo campaign with like family and friends when I first started um but totally bootstrapping right now but I am like in the investor route right now yeah I'm talking to a few people but I'm super like it has to be someone well aligned obviously so I'm taking my time with that yeah that's something I really want to like look into but I don't have a clue to where to start so we'll have to talk yeah because I'm like no idea where to even begin when it comes to that but it's like i it's like i always tell people like i I say i bring this up a lot on the podcast i always ask people like did you get an investor and most of the time people say no because it's like people think that they need like i need this amount of money to start like i started with no money like i'm talking zero yeah so it's like you can get somewhere but it's like in order to get to the next level that's when you actually might need to get someone to step in that has some money but in order to start people you really you really really don't need any fucking money like you just need a brain like you just need passion and hard work but yeah i I feel that right now too like because you know like you can see the next level you know exactly what needs to happen but yeah it's capital that needs to be like infused to make that happen that's exactly where i'm at right yeah. now so. yeah i totally feel you on that one well thank you this is a really good combo i learned a lot about you yeah, um please tell everyone where to find you easyperiod.ca and instagram easy period and i think that's it right yeah easy period everywhere yeah <laughs>
Um, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find me at I am Bianca Harris um, everywhere and Whip Toronto everywhere as well. Uh, <laughs> what do I say at the end of this? I got to find a new outro. I think that'll be it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> uh.